I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller. Good morning, Scott Good Duff. Good morning, Ellen Miller. Mm-hmm. How you doing? You know what? I, I love this winter so far. Just as long Girl, as I can hold on until been, I can get out of town a few weeks. <laughs> I know you're getting you're flying out of here. You're you're going to warm weather. But we've been lucky. This has been a really mild winter. It, so far, I don't want to jinx. I mean, knocking. Usually, I'm knocking on everything right now. Usually, there is payback when you have this kind of winter. I know. I mean, if, like you know, we do have February to deal oh, with. Oh, I know. But that's. But you know, there's a reason why God only made it 28 days. Yeah, there is. Yes. yes. So, so there uh, and so God far, made so it 28 days. But it makes us happy. It makes us happy. I, I, I did my three mile walk yesterday. Oh, um, good. Yeah, it just feels. I love it so far. I'm this. These kind of winters, I'll never leave. Uh, never retire to anywhere during uh, the winter. And yet, if, if they are like you this. are. Well, <laughs> I like to get away for a couple of weeks. You know, I'm at the age where getting away for a couple of weeks of the winter kind of helps my mental state. Girl. But, you That's know. like anybody over 10. <laughs> you know? I know, because I'm like just a little over that. Anyway. Yeah, just a little. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things like if you, oh, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to get out of Dodge, too, just like I need something a little bit warmer. Yeah. But we, the sun is out. That's the, nice. The sun is a beautiful thing. The things that we appreciate, you know, when we don't have them, like the sun. You know, we didn't have it for like two weeks or something. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm feeling good and healthy and uh how about you, my good. friend? Good. I'm doing all right. Okay. I'm doing all right. Well, we you know, we've got to go. Ready? Yeah, I know. We're th- you look. This is a hard hitting news show, the Out Chicago. Yeah, oh yes, <laughs> where it we is. ask the important questions. It can of, be. We ask the important questions. Can you get extra credit for working on Mayor Lightfoot's campaign? Mm. And who is is George Santos even gay? And and who and, is Anthony Devolder? Yeah, who's Anthony Devolder? <laughs> and where is George Santos? George Santos, I'm pretty sure, is like. Is in a, a like locked in a closet somewhere in Narnia. I don't know. They're like the real one because this dude, this is just mind blowing. He's perfect for the Republican Party, though. He, he well, yeah. You know they don't. Not you know the uh, they're like well first when they said we're going to work on it internally. You know all this. Whatever, we'll talk about that. We'll talk that. about that later, but yeah. oh, Lordy, we do have a fun show. We do. Uh, uh, you know, Porchlight Music Theater continues its 2023 main stage season with Cabaret, yeah. the landmark musical that shines a spotlight on Berlin in the later 1920s and the colorful, gritty hedonistic lives found there. Mm-hmm. We love it. We love the movie. Liza. Mm, loved it. She got an Academy Award. She did. That. She That's how she got it. it. She sure. got her EGOT. Yeah. 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 Bob Fosse directed that movie. So Joel good. Gray. Joel Gray also won an Academy. Mm-hmm. That's supporting. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be speaking with artistic director and director of the show, Michael Weber, uh, and actor Josh Walker. They're going to be joining us in the second hour. Looking forward and, to you that. You know, we're a little bit bummed, just to let you know. Uh, yeah. We had, uh, you know me, <laughs> bring back my girls. Bring back my girls. I love me some drag race. And yeah. we were supposed to have Diabetti from season 14 yeah. on the show. She had to cancel, um, oh, I guess about 20 minutes ago. So, yay. So, that's a little wrenching thing. So, uh, we'll have plenty of time for your calls. Yes, um, we will. So, uh, so, why not give us a call at 773-763-9278. That number again is 773 773- 763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, where we are coming at you live. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio, and while you're there, give us a like and a click and a share and all that good stuff. Comment. 
love to hear from you. Uh, and if that doesn't float your boat, you can always uh, tune in. Yeah. Uh, you can go to WCPTA20. And while you're at it, follow WCPT on all social media at WCPTA20 on com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikToks. And also Heart and, Heartland Signal. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there going on. Uh, yeah. Bob, I was going to say, you know, let's, we do have time, you know, some extra time today since one of our guests canceled. So if you've been listening to the show and you've been thinking about calling in, but you, you know, you, you, you say, I don't know if there's going to be time. We got time for you. And if you're, <laughs> and if you're a new caller, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from some first time callers. Today. Absolutely. So, Again, yeah, 773-763-9278. That is the number two call. Yes, it is. Uh, and you can also just leave a little message for us on, on the, uh, the Out Chicago page. There we are. Uh, Ellen Miller, It was we had date night this week. We did. We had surprise date night. We did. And I got to meet. The other Ellen. You met the other Ellen. Met the other Ellen. Finally. Finally. Long Ellen. So wonderful to meet you Ellen face to squared. face. <laughs> yes, it was great. I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I got to meet Ellen, who's who's a good buddy of yours she and, is. and a longtime listener oh, of yes, the she show. Is. She's a loyal listener since no, we started. We love here. that. We love that. She's a great friend noter for my radio days and we've 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 remained friends and stayed in touch and she's a, a, a you know, she's game for she loves theater and music and everything. And Kathy was Helping out an aunt, her aunt uh, who's out of town, and so I said I called my friend Ellen. She was like, "I'm there," you know. She was ready to. Come. I know, and we went to go we check out the, a show at the Chicago uh, Magic Lounge. That place, if you have not been, oh. it is. It's just there's a smile on your face from the minute you walk into the lobby and you see the washing machines and wonder where the. Where am I? And then I I forgot where the door was. I know we we're kind of looking like oh there it is. There yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. And you know, and then they start with like Matt tricking you from the beginning, and it just doesn't end till the end. There's magic at your table while you're waiting for the main act to come. There's a really beautiful bar where they do uh, magic if you just want to mm-hmm. go to the bar and not go see the show. The theater is intimate and comfortable and beautiful. Nice. And but huge and big. Like, and there's like a balcony yeah, area. It's like it is. Small and intimate space. It's such a. It is one of the most unique spaces in Chicago. It I absolutely think. is. I, I can't think of anything else. It's like so it. wonderful. It's in Andersonville and yeah, right on Clark Street. On, right there on Clark Street, uh, and it's right across the street from a dispensary. So if you want to have that before you head on in, which it, I recommend, it all uh, works. <laughs> it, it all works. Uh, <laughs> but you walk in. There's like the laundromat. You got to find the door, yeah. and then you're greeted. There's this, be- like you said, a beautiful bar up front that is. Um, it feels kind of like a like an oldie timey like a like a club. It totally like a, does. You it's know, a it's like kind it's of that vibe. throwback like kind of walnutty like wood paneling, mm-hmm. but with like a spot like and and great, no TVs anywhere. No, no you know, TVs just a bar anywhere. With no windows and just a vibe that I just can't describe. It's yeah, just really, it's just, really it's, cool. It's really, really fun. And then you're greeted and then they let you into the club. And I won't tell you how they let you in right. because that's super duper fun as super, well. Yep. And then you walk into this be- it's like you said, it's very intimate, but it is bigger than you would expect. Yeah. Like it, it's a it's a great size house and you see up close magic. Look, the two tricks that happened at our table. Yeah. Before the show started, were like kind of how did they, how, do, that? they do that? How they do that? And we're up close. I mean, I'm like I'm right next. You to are. The it is up close. Like you're at literally at your table, and they're doing tricks with 
we had one who was who did this great uh Rebecca did this great uh string trick mm-hmm. where things the string got pulled apart Heart, and then it got pulled back together in a ball and all of a sudden pulled them and pulled, it was all one it was all one string actually Jerry then kept it and he tied it around he had it all yeah, as a bracelet yeah, they gave it to us as a souvenir as a souvenir but the second guy and I really wish I could remember his name I can't remember because either, sorry it, it Devin it was amazing like I, it, I do not know how they did this. It was a card trick where they kept pulling up a, like one. It was like some like eight of diamonds. It was some card eight that diamonds, that, that Ellen picked. My, my friend, your friend Ellen, Ellen mm-hmm. picked. And then at one point, like I had to divide the the deck. She had to take the card. She had to, in theory, write her name on it. But she wrote. She just drew a little smiley, a smiley face, face on there. And he, he, like, he literally, he kept picking it after I broke the deck and he would just go, Vunk, look, all you got to do is just shake your hand and there it is. And he'd pull it up. It, and then he's like, here's the one that's really going to blow your mind. Cut the deck again, me. I cut the thing. And then he's like, and it's just, and he's literally right here in front of my face. And he just went, all right. So just with a shake of the hand, there you go. Uh, you're going to blow your mind. Remember, it's magic because when you get home, uh, that card's going to be on top. And he just left the deck and walked away. And as he did that, like I just picked the first card up, and there it was. was there. It was weird. I ran into that guy uh, after the show when I was heading to the restroom, and I looked at him like, no, 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 no. You are there's something not right about you. That is <laughs> that is witchcraft that you just did. It always amazes me. And I, like I said, I'm looking at their other hand. I'm looking at their sleeves. I I, I don't know how they do it, but that's, that's the beauty of it, and it's really entertaining. Ellen was like, she can't wait to go back. That's how people feel about this place. Oh, it, again, it is a very unique Chicago thing to do because Chicago is the birthplace of uh, up close magic. Yes, it is. So, along with pinball machines, mm-hmm. invented know, here, a lot of stuff here. manufactured yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, I, it's, it's just astounding. It is. So, highly recommend every chance we get to go, we do, and uh, we, we are never disappointed. And it's a unique experience here in Chicago and uh, I go check it out uh, I think uh, Harrison Leppert Lampert was the uh, our, the, the H son we call him now H son because that's his, that's a his street name. that's his street name yes, and H-son. he's gonna be there every Wednesday I believe uh, through March uh, so check him out he's a, gr- a green Groundlings, is that how you pronounce it? Yes he was with the groundlings, the groundlings in, LA. in LA so he's improv and magic that's what I love about this place. There's comedians doing magic. There's, you know, uh, artists that perform different things doing magic. It's not just magic. It's just, it's something you just very unique. So yeah. Check it out. I don't know who the, and every, on the weekends they have different performers, but uh, H. Sun, who we saw on Wednesday, is going to be there every Wednesday. So check it out. Yeah, go check out the Chicago Magic Lounge. Yeah. It's great. And afterwards, we got a little tour. There's a little theater in the back. If you buy a premium ticket after the show, you can get 30, during the weekends, you get 30 minutes of extra magic in this cute little theater oh, tucked yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that whole thing. I feel like we're doing an ad for them. I know, we are, but, but, we but yeah, but hey, we loved it so much. But it's like you, with that premium thing, you get uh, up close magic at the bar before the show, then you get the main show, and then you get 30 more minutes of up-close magic in that intimate theater that's in the back. The walls are just covered with magic memorabilia and and posters. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it really is. If you've got people, folks coming in from out of town, you're like, what are we going to do? 
Take them Take them there. I'm telling you, it's going to be Take them there a... or take them to see some blues, which is what I did Friday night, finally. I oh, got out yay. and saw some blues. Home of the blues. Kingston Mine still thriving. You know, I was really, Kathy and I were so happy to see that it was packed with oh, young people. Oh, good. Because I know last week you were really concerned about... Well, there's not, you know, uh, Kingston Mines, hopefully they'll extend their hours, but they're only open um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And this is a club that's f- for 40 years has been open seven days a week till like four in the morning. So, um, but, you know, it is hard during, you know, we are still in a post-pandemic or however you want to look at it. We're still kind of in the pandemic uh, where people's, you know, they, their habits have changed. Um we talk to our theater friends, and they're still having a difficult time filling even the top theaters in town. You know, yeah. so when we see a place like the Magic Lounge filled, or we see Kingston Mines filled, it, it gives us hope. There were a lot of young people there. Um, we just, you know, hope our theaters can catch up. But we saw Toronzo Cannon and Joanna Connor, two of the great blues musicians, not only in Chicago but in the world. And I'm standing in front of the stage watching these folks who are friends of mine, and I'm just. Every time I see him, I'm blown away. Pinch me that I live in this city, and pinch me that we can go see this kind of uh, up this this kind of entertainment. I know it's great. So it's people, great. get out, support the theaters. If you want to see your theaters and your music venues continue to thrive, I know it's been rough. I know we got into the habit of staying home and watching, you know, White Lotus and everything over, you know, oh, which I everything. finished by the way. <gasps> But get out and get out and go see the theater. That's my yeah. pitch. Did you love White Lotus like we did? Oh yeah. Well, I was a fan from the from season one, right from the get go. Uh, well, we watched it both together over the holidays, oh, back to back. There we are. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. It was our whole lives. It's all we did. Yeah. For two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally dig Mike White. He is like a really Something interesting special. voice. And I, as I told you, he was on Survivor. I, you know, and, I mean, the, and the Amazing, and amazing race. race. And I was like, he said he was an aspiring writer. And I thought, oh, yeah, right. Well, there he is. Well, <laughs> Winning he awards. was beyond aspiring. Because we talked about one of his first films, Chuck and Buck, Yeah. Uh, when we were on our date night. Um, if you haven't seen Chuck and Buck, I, I highly recommend it. It came out in the late 90s, I want to say. Uh, and it's about this friendship if you if you if you've seen Mike White and you know Mike White, he's he's like he's kind of like this little like dorky oafy kind of person, and it was it, it describes a friendship between these two characters and and one two thousand it came out of they call it a, a black comedy drama film yeah, black comedy it so. is it is very it is a dark comedy and it's. But it's about you know one falling in love with the other and does not go well. You know it's 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 really. Oh, great and Mike that, White is in the leading role. I did not. Yeah, know. he wrote it he and wrote he's it and, and, is in it. and is in it. Yeah, so he's been around for a while. I'm glad that he's finally like getting his props. He won he, a Golden Globe. Oh, and Jennifer uh, Coolidge. Coolidge was yeah. just going on about him, and and they made a joke. Or one of them, he I guess he made a joke when he got up there. He he said, "I've been drinking. I, there was not enough food here." But yeah. you know, I asked all of you to be in this. <laughs> right, you all passed. <laughs> you all passed. No, no, wasn't it? So. No, it was. Yeah, it was. Mm. Anyway, we'll talk about the Golden we, we can do whatever we, we want. We can do whatever we want today because it's our show. It is our show. There we are. And we'll also touch on some other subjects that aren't yeah. quite as fun. But yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, girl, and I went. Uh, I went bowling this week too. 
Yeah, you said you went bowling yeah, right yeah, before was, the uh, right before the magic, magic lunch on a big old big old day. Uh, you, are you a good bowler? I am a horrible because I'm a really horrible. I, Kathy's a good bowler. Look, I'm a bad bowler. My bowling score is an incredible golf score, and vice versa. My right, golf right. score is a really great bowling score. I'm horrible. Not I'm, I'm bad, bad, I guess bad, we're bad, the bad, same bad. In that, but you know what? I I I, st- I love it. I love it so much. Although it was a big, it was a, uh, a work thing. We had a big like store party that was there. It was lovely that they, you know, everybody got to come together and just hang out and be silly and 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 fun and stupid together in the middle of the day. Uh, but I will say, I like I'm also very competitive. So not only am I horrible, but I get I'm like really competitive. So I'm at the same time I'm like. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this. We're gonna we're, okay. There are prizes. No balls. And they would shout and they would like be like, "All right, okay, everybody. So the next five people who bowl a seven, like on the first frame, you get you get a prize." Oh. And I'm like, "All right, come on, come on, come on." Well, I was with like two of the the managers of the store, and they just kept they were running off doing things, and I'm like, "Nisha." Come back! It's your turn to bowl. Like I wanted to go. Like I wanted to dive. We only got through one and a half games, oh. and I didn't. I didn't win a prize. Darn it! I know, but every time Misha went away, she's like bowl for me, and I bowl. I would bowl for her, and I'd get a strike. You would? Yeah, and then I'd roll around, and, and get I get a six or an eight, <laughs> oh. not the seven. Darn it! I know. It's so, and I guess COVID is kind of officially over now because it was so gross. Like it's gross at the same time. You're bowling. These balls, you know, I I don't have a problem holding strange balls, but I but eating pizza at the same time as bowling was definitely like you're skewed out by that. One of the reasons I never liked to bowl is I had to put on shoes that other people had worn. Oh, I don't really. Even though they, yeah, that bugged me. I'm sorry. They spray that stuff in there. They spray it, but that doesn't to me. I'm just that's gross to me. They are always warm. Because even when you first get them, even when you first get them, they are always warm. Yeah, you know, mm. I, I, not in my DNA. There's not a lot of Greek bowlers that I know of. I just not my thing. But anyway. But I mean, you think like lesbian sports. I know you'd think. I mean, I have that's bowled, as sporty you know, as I get. When I was at XRT, we had an XRT bowling team, and we we you know people would challenge us, and we'd meet these. You know, one time it was a. This is years and years and years ago. I was not out. A lesbian bowling team challenged the XRT <sighs> team, and I didn't know until we got to the bowling alley to Waveland Bowl, and you know I was like. Oh. Oh, oh, oh we got our who asses are you kicked. over there? Well, of, course, kicked, yeah. of course, of yeah. course, because lesbians. And my boss. Lesbians can do anything. Lesbians do anything. The owner of the station, or the boss of the station at the time, not the owner, took me aside. And he, this is how you bowl, Ellen. He's trying to. Oh, really? He's trying to give me instruction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to do that. Like, uh, unlike hatchet throwing. Which you're great at, apparently. Which I'm really that good at. Found the bowling, skill over the holidays. My limp-wristed bowling style tends to skew towards the left. So I'd have to line up to the right. Yeah, I'm a gutter kind of gal in the bowling department. But anyway, Get out of the gutter. Get out of Get the gutter. Get out of the gutter. But um, again, if you want something that's, that is fun to do. Yes. I think we need to, you know, you should go bowling. Go bowling and then go see Magic. There's a cute bowling alley that's really old-fashioned. There's so few of them left. Southport Bowling Lanes is long gone. That's gone, yeah. Yeah, there's one on uh, on Irving Park, uh, just by before Ashland, I believe, east or west, close to Ashland. That's old-timey. Timber, Timberland. Timberlands. Timberlands. Yep. 
a friend of ours had a party over there a couple of years ago, and it was a blast. Yeah, it's fun. It's a great way to be social. Vibe. And I also, you know what? Even if you go like old school or even like the new new school, like Lucky Strikes, those those places are like, ooh, oh, have you been to one of those? I Isn't have. That it's called Lucky Strike. Yeah, yeah, I've been to Lucky Strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's one downtown, uh, uh, in that where the movie theater is. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. The twenty one. It's over on by on like, House of Blues. Over by House of Blues. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in between House of Blues and Navy Pier. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. right over there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's so pretty. They're beautiful. They're beautiful lanes and high tech and all this stuff. Just flashback when I said Greeks don't bowl. My mother had her own bowling ball with her name Venus on it. She <sighs> won some bowling trophies, and her 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 company had a bowling team. Oh, I know, and I'm gonna. I wonder where that bowling ball. I is. I wonder where that bowling ball oh, is because that would be something to display proudly. Yeah. with Venus on there. Yeah. that's amazing. Little did I know. Here I was. I was trying to be inclusive. People were like picking lanes and stuff, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, you come on over here. You come on. Come on." They're like people that were kind of stragglers. I'm like, "Come on, let's all go." And I picked this one dude who um who, who was on a bowling league. I'm like, dude, dude, like he had a ball. He had his own ball, and I'm like, why? Jason, there are extra holes in this ball. Like, what? What do you do? He's like, oh, that's for ventilation. I'm like, oh, wait, there what? There you go. I'm like, oh, okay. So. I just had a bowling memory. I know we're running like. Yeah. When I was on the XRT team, we pay, played Penn and Teller. What? And listen to this. We played at the old Rock and Bowl. It's still there on Diversity. Yeah. And they went early, and they recruited some professional bowlers that were there, and offered to pay them. <laughs> And they kicked our asses, and guess what? They never paid those guys. Oh, no! <laughs> and, and to this day, I so, you know how a memory gets in your head? Yeah. Every time, I, everybody loves Pendulette. I'm always like, yeah, you didn't pay those guys. You didn't pay those dudes. You didn't pay those bowlers. You didn't pay the you ringers. You'd play. <laughs> and I it all comes back it. to bowling and magic it, it all over it again. It does. It's all Although, one. Although, isn't Pendulette kind of like being a little icky? Well, he was icky to me that moment. This is like 25, 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, but I think he's kind of gone like really conservative. His daughter well, has a weird name. Well, he stiffed the bowlers here in Chicago. Well, so. we don't want to get our bowlers uh, mad. Uh, got to pay, pay your ringers. Exactly. There you go. Gonna if ringers. you're going to cheat, cheat well. Exactly. GOP. You should learn a lesson yeah. from, from from that. Uh, listen, we we just flew past the break. We got to take yeah. a break. Uh, but before we go, this part about Chicago is brought to you by Team Hochberg. If you are purchasing a new home, refinancing your existing home, securing a VA loan, or reverse mortgage, you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. Meet David, who posted this five-star Google review after working with Team Hochberg loan officer Mark Zenner. My wife and I make good money, but had no way to pay off our credit card debt so i called team hochberg and worked with mark zenner mark helped us pay off 45 grand in credit card debt eliminated our stress and save us over a thousand dollars a month who doesn't want to save a thousand dollars a month I would like who doesn't that. want to live stress-free everyone i'm i'm telling you 
There we are. So you can read David's and almost 400 five-star reviews visiting Google and entering Team Hochberg in the browser. If you'd like to experience the same five-star customer service as David and thousands of other WCPT, WCPT listeners, the next time you, a friend, or family members purchase a new or refinance your existing home, you should call 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or visit their website 56david.com lower.com equal housing lender NMLS 1124061 we're going to take a quick break and callers we will get to you uh, and when we come back we're, what, what in the gay hell is going on with George Santos mm. that's what I want to know uh, so stick around you're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCBT This is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. And you are listening to Out Chicago WCPT. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller as we roll along on a, a sunny Mm-hmm. A sunny January day. Yes, yes, with a very mild temperature. Very All the temperatures right. have been over the average, above the average. I know. It's for, for like the whole month. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as global warming. No. No. Nothing. No. Ask the Californians. Nope. Just God hugging us closer. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, hey, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Tani Richard. She's going to be joining us uh, at the end of the month when you are, you're gone. Blues cruise. She's going be filling in for you. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on her podcast uh, this Friday. Well, how fun! Oddly enough, talking about Drag Race, Diabetti. We love Drag Race on this show. I love Drag Race on this show. <sighs> anyway. It would have been nice to talk to Diabetti, but <laughs> I'm been. not bitter. Not at all. No, not at all. But they are coming up to. There's going to be a big old. Uh, the top five of season 14 is going to be at. Uh, Hard Rock. Hard Rock Cafe. Hard Rock Casino, Casino in, in, in Indiana, in Gary, on, Mar- Indiana. On, March, on March 23rd. On March 23rd, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we're still yeah. we're still promoting that because yeah. it's going to be a fun thing that our it's audience It's going to be super into. duper fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, season 15 is off to a great start, although there were shenanigans this week mm. on people who got, who got kicked off. I, uh, I disagree. <sighs> but I will save that for, for Tanya. Uh, oh, and before we dive in, I want to say uh, uh, a big old happy birthday to Tracy Bame. This, oh, she had a birthday. Over she the a couple days, yeah, a couple days ago, I believe it was the thirteenth on Friday. It was a big six zero for her, wasn't it? Was it was a big sixtieth birthday yeah, for I Tracy Bame. That. Tracy Bame, if you uh, are not familiar with her, then you are straight. Uh, she is a force of nature. Oh, yeah. she, There's nobody like her. She in is an incredible force of good and a huge voice for the LGBTQ community. Uh, she is the one of the co-founders and publisher of Windy City Times. She's also the publisher of The Reader. Right now, she's looking to step down so she can go back to uh, her first passion, which is journalism and r- actually writing mm-hmm. as opposed to trying managing to keep her and, managing yeah. and keeping everything uh, afloat. Uh, she's, she's an incredible human being a huge heart who just wants to do good. She just wants to do good. She's also been a huge force for the Tiny Homes campaign here yes. in Chicago, which is to provide affordable living, a living and housing uh, for folks to help decrease the, the homeless population here. She's she's always been a champion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's, she's just an incredible human being. Um, 
and and really there's I can't, I can't think of anybody like her so we are very very lucky to have her uh, in our world here in Chicago for her decades uh, worth of activism and journalism and fighting for queer rights um, and for for women and just just fighting for for everybody who's who's marginalized. Amen to that. Scott. Yeah, she so, is. So we're very we're very uh, honored to have Tracy be part of our community. Here yes, in absolutely. And she's been a, a big blessed. part of our show. Yes, she, she has. She, she pops on and you know every once in a while and will give us some light. She's also great because you just ask her a question and then pull the string Ooh. and then she just goes. She's got the answers. And then she's got the answers. Uh, and speaking of people who have the answers, we're going to go to our phones right now and talk to our good buddy, Michael O'Connor. Good morning, Michael. How are you on this uh, sunny and chilly January day? Well, for, hi, I am fine. The first thing I want to do is say Happy New Year to both you and Alex. Thank you. Happy New Year, Michael. You. Happy MLK Day yeah. to you, too. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I was going to commemorate it over at St. Sabina's, but I missed my pace bus. So, I, you know, I'm going to commemorate it here at the house doing Mike. Uh, reading 1619. And I, you know, um, I just wanted to briefly say I read a book called All Boys on Blue by George M. Johnson. I am, I'm literally, literally, uh, uh, it made me laugh, it made me cry, it made me, I mean, just all of the different emotions that I could think of that one could think of. And this is a uh, black queer uh, 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 book, memoir of a guy by the name of George M. Johnson who grew up in New Jersey. And it was like, wow. Um, and he's much younger than me, much younger, but the experiences were similar. And it was just a great read. Between that now, I heard somebody mention, um, Scott, that was you that mentioned George Santos. Oh, yeah. All I can do is say, you know, prayer works. I know it does. And because I know prayer works, I'm a living testimony of it. You know, getting up from a, um, a brain tumor operation. Um that man needs prayer, and we need we need to pray for him to come to his senses, because clearly she is out of him. There is no way under the sun that um, I watched uh, some. Of, I watched the press hound him, and I watched her make a, a dash for the elevator mm -hmm. and missed it, and I hollered, <laughs> "Okay." Because he's well, I'm. I you know my language is. Uh, you, you both know how my language is. Yeah, yeah you can be a little crazy. salty. Yeah, he George Santos well, is. Yeah. Oh, she. Uh, there are problems here. There are. I don't want to deal with. Uh, uh, I mean, major problems, and I have a feeling that uh, seven hundred thousand is what. The the election thing uh, came out too, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. 
everybody's asking the question where where the money come from. Yeah, and this feel, this whole George Santos thing is it. so very bizarre, Michael. It's kind of like I'm watching did you see Inventing Anna on on Netflix? Uh, but that, oh, poop. what's her name? She just won a Golden Globe. You know what? Look, let me tell you what this reminds me of. Go. This reminds me of a queen I knew back in the day who got a whole, who got, who, who had a bar right here in the city. Mm-hmm. And everybody was trying to figure out where the money came from. And then when we found out, it was sort of like the bar's uh, history. Uh, from the mafia or people who were uh, who would cut your throat if you didn't pay up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I asked the question, if it wasn't the Coke bar- brothers or, or people of that ilk, um, it would have came out already in some form or fashion. But because we have this dark money thing where people can do this in elections, We'll probably know. I have a feeling that uh, even though McCarthy needs to vote, and it's only a five-person difference in the House, uh, that is going to be an issue that will not allow this individual to effectively legislate or, more importantly, bring something back home to the district and, and and the ethics. I mean, you know, I'm not even going to go into that. Yeah, well, ethics yeah. and Republicans, they don't, those two words don't go together. But, I, you know, quickly, you brought up right. the, the money, Michael. <laughs> you know that they're investigating of this 700000 And this is what's going to possibly bring him down. Because he said he funded it, as you would call himself. Apparently, he has a $55,000 a year income. So there's no way that this guy has 700000 that he self-funded. He lied about that. That is a huge... That is one that they can take him down on, I believe, uh, legally, from, from what I'm understanding. They going to, but they aren't going to do it. The reason why they aren't going to do it, quite frankly, is because all of those committees that would begin to ask the question, and uh, with the exception to the election uh, 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 committees that's, that is held under the executive office of Biden, is too, is too, is, is too messy. Um, and I don't believe that he's going to be able to answer in terms of where that money came from. I don't think that that, you know, because we have the election laws that we have, uh, dark money is what is possible, and that's why it's called dark money. And so I have a feeling that if, you know, there's life and limb to deal with here, and he's not trying to deal with that, He's already proven that he has no effort. He's already proven that, you know, this is an issue. I mean, the guy did a white power sign. I know. He's, you know, but, 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 I mean, really? But, Michael, I, I understand it's the Federal Election Commission that is investigating yeah. this. So I'm yeah. not completely versed on who they are, but I don't know that that, I think, isn't that a, uh, a standalone group that is not just Republicans or Democrats? 
Right. So and, maybe and, maybe something will come of it because, I mean, well, that's what I they're there for. So, but I'm more, but, but you know what, polls run everything. And at this point, it looks like, well, I, you know, the decent thing is, to, well, let me just say this. It's in his best interest to become a lobbyist, <laughs> okay, uh, and make, you know, maybe 102 uh, uh, for uh, some group that deals with pathological liars. He may be able to start up a group. I don't know. All I know is that it is too messy. And I I don't I don't think that uh, just because they asked the question recently, they're going to continue to answer ask the question because there are too many other things. Uh, most importantly, I think people should be watching his vote because his vote. Oh, his vote is totally bought and paid for. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. The question is by who. Yep, that is that is. Hopefully, we'll get to the answer. Hopefully, we'll get down to that. And not only him, but McCarthy, both of them. So oh. let, yeah. let me just say that commemorating uh, for uh, Martin Luther King's birthday today, mm-hmm. and the content of our character mm-hmm. is what we're supposed to be judging mm-hmm. everybody by. And that's what I'm trying to stick to, but it's hard. And I do understand why it's hard, because they killed this man Mm -hmm. because of him trying to judge content, trying to get all of America, all of the world, quite frankly, to judge people by the content of their character. And because we are still in that battle, almost 50 years after he was killed. Mm -hmm. I think that our freedom as LGBTQ people, because we got to remember, it was Baynard Ruffin Mm -hmm. who was the architect of the March on Washington. Yeah. And we don't hear enough about that on MLK, MLK Day. Not to take anything away from this our leader in the African American community, but Baynard had to step back yep. and was forced to step back by black ministers because of his sexual orientation. Even though they knew, I mean, here's the guy who was convicted long before he met King of sodomy, mm-hmm. three years in prison but took him to India to meet Ghana. So there's a whole, it's, it's, it's uh, the crazy world that we live in, and I just want to commemorate the good, that good today and uh, finish making my sweet potato pie, <laughs> pies, and my uh, greens and macaroni, and I'm going to have a good day. And I hope that the audience does and I hope more, more impressively that you two do. And, oh, I wanted to say one other thing. When I was much younger in Washington, they had something called the drag race. But it was a fundraiser for AIDS, mm-hmm. for HIV and AIDS, where uh, people would pay money 
and put on high heels and run uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. Yep. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Running yep. for the cause. Yep. So it's, uh, it's uh, the LGBTQ uh, IPA uh, plus uh, uh, people in this country have always been here. Will will always be here. I just hope that we are uh, vigilant in our uh, our understanding that our freedom is not free. That's right. And mm-hmm. I don't trust Kevin McCarthy as far as I can throw Hell no. no. Nope. Watch for LGBTQ legislation that is that is uh, may have passed the House, but still is in front of the Senate. Because uh, 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 Kevin McCarthy is a snake. I watched how all 15 times he did not know how to act. No. uh, And and instead of him getting up there, Hakeem... Jeffries. Jeffries got up there and did an impromptu speech that was great. Yep. That people were dealing with a call... And a response like we was in church. Yep. And I don't even go to that type of church. But with that being said, uh, Kevin McCarthy got up there, and the first thing he said was uh, uh, something stupid. I got it. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, that didn't take very long or something like that. Yeah, he's a, you know, comparing the two like we were able to uh, when Hakeem did his impromptu speech versus, it just plain as day, which person really has the bona fides and which one is just an an idiot. So, yeah, yeah, it was on display. And Michael, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us a call. Uh, We really, we always appreciate you calling in. And we were hoping you'd call in because we wanted to hear uh, from you about Martin Luther King Day and you you must have telepathically picked it up. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and 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 it's really it's it it is an important day for for all marginalized people for everybody, for everybody to uh, again to remember about the the content of your character um uh and, and and that is what is important and that is how we should be measured and how we should be moving forward um Michael O'Connor, uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a. I hope your sweet potato pie turns mm, out just amazingly, mm-hmm. amazingly well. Um, well and, I can assure you, I've been doing it too long for it not to turn out. Tell me about it. I can't wait. Uh, well, listen, my friend, we do have to take a break, but I just want to say a uh, happy MLK Day to you. Yes. Um, thank you for all that you do and have done for the LGBTQ community here in Chicago. And continued good health to you, Michael. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm going to go now to my 1619 Project book. There you go. Keep it going. There Love you go. That. Love that. Yeah. All, all right. Michael. I think that's Happy what we MLK all should do. Day. All right. Happy MLK Day. Listen, we've got to take a break. And when we come back, there's more out in Chicago right after this. So stick around. I 
I'm David Dobb with the Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller as we roll along. You know, what? we were going to talk about George, but I, we might get to him in a little bit because I don't want to deal with all that, those lies and deceit, especially mm-hmm. as we're like celebrating Martin Luther King Day yeah. coming up. Uh, we were talking to you in the, during the break about the Civil Rights Museum in, in that's Memphis, in Memphis, Tennessee. I've never been. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's, at the Lorraine Motel, where he where was killed, he was killed. Um, I lived in Memphis for eight years. I was able to, you know, I was a teacher. We went on a field trip there, and it was one of the most incredible experiences, I, and learning experiences for for everybody, mm-hmm. um, because you walk through, it, it goes through everything, especially with what uh, Dr. King, uh, his his fight for uh, for equality um, and for and for racial justice and for mm-hmm. equal justice. Uh, you there is like a Rosa Parks bus. There's a bus where like you get on and you can sit down and you can hear what people are saying. They go through the entire garbage strike that happened in Memphis. Uh, because of the, the because of everything, and you kind of go through. You understand, especially for young people who might not be able to relate to get it. They yeah. just don't understand. It's you know, like I always, uh, you know, I say the same thing. They're they're totally different. But you know, uh, ten years ago when I was doing when I started comedy, there were a lot of people who young people who were making AIDS jokes, and for me. For a gay man, uh, you know, in his fifties, who remembers, it's not something to to joke about. And these people, they don't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't lose they didn't friends. Lose friends. They didn't. They didn't ones. live through it. Yeah. They did. They just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And same with audiences, because I was always surprised that people would laugh at that. I'm like, this is horrible. But for um, the school that I taught at was. Uh, a private school in the suburbs. Uh, it was working to become integrated uh, because you know they had set up. There's there's a lot of work that needs to be done in Memphis and in Chicago and across the country. There's a lot of work to be done mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, talking about racism, dealing with racism, confronting it face to face. We have a lot of work and to so do. And the segregation that exists. and segregation, yeah, and. Uh, so these students who are primarily freshmen in high school, they led a very insulated life. Sure. They lived in a very wealthy. I can relate. It's how I was brought up as well. Yeah. They lived in a very wealthy, privileged community. Um, they did not have many interactions with people who did not look like them, who did not think like them, who they were. It was very homogenous. Mm-hmm. And taking them to that museum was a big moment for a lot of people. They, they kind of were like understanding. And my my big aha moment was watching um, the film Boys in the Hood. Do you remember Boys I in remember the Hood? That's yeah. um, where we got Morris Chestnut. I forget who directed it. it uh, but I remember being, I think it came out in 92. Sometime, I was, it was in college when it came out. And I remember watching this film just being completely blown away by it. Um, mostly because I was like, why don't you call the police? Because you need to, you need to call the police because that's what you do. 
Right, we assume that, that as, right. as privileged as, white people. As privileged as a privileged white kid. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I'm like, oh, that's not an option for people. It's it's and we, it's hard to imagine that if the only world you know is the world of white privilege. Yeah, you know what a cast: Cuba Gooding Jr., Ice Cube, Lawrence Fishburne, Morris yeah. Chestnut, Angela Bassett, Neil Long. Yeah, it's, yeah. and who directed it? Uh, John Singleton, isn't it? Yes, John Singleton. John's, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an incredible movie. Uh, a nice time capsule. It also goes uh, uh, with oh poop. What was the movie? About uh, NWA. Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. Thank you. Straight out of Compton. Another movie to be like. All right, let's let's look at this. If you understand where where people who are like rap music is, it's like you want to understand the poetry and the pain behind things. Watch that movie. It's incredible. I think um, if you get the opportunity, go to Memphis. Go check out the the Civil Rights Museum. It it really is a moving experience. And and. Also, while you're there, go to the Stax Museum. Um, oh, cool. Which, yeah, which is Stax record label was the very first yeah. integrated record label mm-hmm. in the country. Uh, right there in Memphis, Tennessee, there's an, another museum there where you filled with music memorabilia and you see like people who, ch- who influenced music and changed the world in such huge ways. Um, and also we're, we're dealing, we're, we're on the forefront of the civil rights movement. Um, yeah. When we have things that are happening right now in our in our world, like this this whole George Santos thing is just bananas cuckoo. You know, it, I was talking earlier about inventing Anna, which is a, uh, the Netflix series about Anna Delphi, who was this Instagram rich lady from Germany, in theory, who stole who won the New York uh, uh, social socialite scene and stole all their money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It, you know, it's great. And that's kind of like somebody who is a pathological liar, who does not know the truth from reality, who who moves things forward. This this dude is it's weird. Like they don't even know. Like, is he gay? The, right. the thing that really got me upset about this whole thing, like the fact that in 2021, when he was running for uh, the seat, mm-hmm. um, his own team did op- oppo research on him to mm. see what they could dig up. And they're like, whoa. But they what didn't is do going on? About no, it. they did. They four of them quit. Oh, they quit. Like, That's people right. quit their his campaign. But did they didn't, like blow? But, the so I want to know. No, I want to know why the Democrats. Why? Why is it coming out after he was elected? Why all of these lies about working for Goldman Sachs, about where he went to school, about his money, about his mom, about his everything hair, about, about him everything. Is a lie. I mean, and now a, there's like video coming liar. out, and now there's video coming out of him going by another name. Like, it, it's just bananas. So when when this is what's going on in the world, where this is now like becoming. Let's talk about acceptable. the acceptable. Con- yeah. According to the Republicans, they were going to handle it internally, which means it's not a real big deal for the rest of the world to worry about. Yes, it is. But, you know, he fits their profile. I know. But but here's the thing. We got to. If we're talking about the content of someone's character on this day. That's true. And everybody's day. And every day after this. What is this about? What is this about? It does not. It makes zero 
sense. It makes zero sense. Well, who they, the, the person that was the Republican leader and pre- former president has no character either. So is it that odd that they would care about this guy when they got behind one of the most immoral idiots ever to be president of the United States? No. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but I, it's, I don't know. For some reason, it feels like with 45, we knew what we were getting. With this dude, everything was a lie. Like, everything. Some of us knew what we were getting with well, 45, too. I think we, that's what I mean. We all knew what we were getting with 45. Right. Well, we're now, getting well, a, we a, we're getting a with this guy. Before well, now, he was even sworn in, we knew what we were getting. I know. It's just, it's bananas. So They don't care, Scott. All they care about is power and votes. That's all they care about. And this is another example of it. Although I heard a Republican today call him a goofball on one of the morning shows. I think some of them oh, really... Oh, not a goofball. Yeah, a goofball. Anyway, oh, slow down. <laughs> Down. Slow your roll there. We're on it's Sunday morning. We're on we're with family time. Listen, we gotta take a break. Um yeah. be kind, be good, be good. Don't yes. lie. Don't Honor lie. Martin Luther King's memory tomorrow and today. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break and then we come back. It's the second hour of Out Chicago. Right here on WCBT. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller as we're rolling oh, along. Yes, we are. This is Martin Luther King weekend that is happening. Yes. A holiday uh, for some, yeah. but not for everyone. Course, but we can think about it. Now, I think it well, it is it's a national King holiday, and, the, yes. and we should everybody should be like carrying the spirit of that. They must, one of the must. one of the good things about you know with the with this uh, 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 private school that I worked at, yeah. uh, they did for the uh, for uh, for Mar- to honor Martin Luther King Day. One, there were special Martin Luther King lessons that the, the teachers all came up with a different uh, uh, curricula. Uh, for that day, it was a short, it was a half day in the afternoon. You could go to two different uh, classes that were about social justice and about nice. social change. And uh, there was always a day of service uh, on Martin Luther, like on the Martin Luther King holiday that, that students would participate in. So it was very big. I was very proud of of this school who was on the forefront of, tr- of trying to split the divide uh, the racial divide, the economic divide that exists in Memphis, um, and and to bring uh, to make the school uh, a, a much more integrated. I wonder community. how things might be today. There, things are doing. They're doing. They're actually better. they're going. They're a little better. They're doing okay. When I was because they I I taught in a a, a school that was in the suburbs, mm-hmm. um, and they had which was the upper and middle school, and then they had two elementary schools. One that was also in a suburb, and one that was downtown that was in Memphis proper, and yeah. both schools came in together into. Um, into the, the 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 campus where I was. So by the time I left, it was twenty five percent integrated. So hopefully oh, things are moving forward. Uh, but it was yeah. a it was a good thing. I think we need to take time to to look at the past, see see what the errors that people have made, see the 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 wrongs that people have done to people, and to see how people have fought and how to try to change things to so that we don't go back. Amen. We, Wait, so. we can't go back. Um, and I think that's kind of like one of the great things about um, 
doing things in in you know performance mm-hmm. um and to to hold a light up to to people and um uh, we're very excited for our, our guests uh, this hour. Uh, so Porchlight Music Theater, they are continuing their 2022-23 main stage season with Cabaret, uh, which is a, it, it packs a wallop, that show. Uh, it's a land, the landmark musical that shines a light on the, on Berlin in the later part of the uh, 1920s and the hedonistic lives that are found there uh there's a lot a lot to unpack there um and we are very very excited to be speaking with the artistic director of porchlight music theater as well as the director of the show michael weber and actor uh josh walker who are joining us now michael and josh welcome to out chicago hello scott and ellen hello welcome to the show nice to have you on Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks. I know. But, and first of all, thank you for taking time out to join us today. I know you you were in previews. You just had your first performance last night, if I believe. How did it go? That was correct. It was actually an amazing show last night. We I, I felt that the audience really was receptive to the show. Oh, Fantastic. So, Michael, uh, I want to start with you. First of all, congratulations on all of the success of Porchlight. Uh, Porchlight Music Theater continues to be producing just incredible work. Congratulations there. Now you are directing uh, this new production of Cabaret. Uh, what What is your, how did you approach this as you said, it's a landmark musical. How did you approach this yeah. this text, this piece of theater that is just kind of fraught? You know, it's 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 an amazing piece of theater that has interestingly been been rewritten and rewritten since it originally first appeared on Broadway in 1966, which is a really good indication that the authors thought uh, and, and, and continue to think as new productions of Cabaret arise that it, it, it requires being reconsidered for each generation. Where we are, what we know, and uh, our way of uh, encountering each other in the, in the simplicity of, of 2023 in, in terms of gender identification and, 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 and incorporating uh, pronouns and, and new ways of acknowledging and respecting and, and uh, just embracing each other is a very different world than the Broadway of 1966 in which Cabaret first appeared. Now, the difference there is that and we've talked about a lot, and we've talked about this a lot in the rehearsal process, is that those audiences that were sitting in those original, you know, Broadway seats watching Cabaret, um, many of them had very personal and direct relationships with what had happened in 1929. So the way that they received the show um, were the people who knew exactly who uh, the kind of people Christopher Isherwood was and Sally Bowles uh, and and the characters in the show. In 2023, we're looking at this reflecting on the moment in 1929 and really 
connecting with how does this uh, impact us in 2023 in a world in which there is a a substantial rise in anti-Semitism, a substantial presence of neo-Nazis and people, Tiki Torch uh, kind of people, and just a general... um, transformation mm-hmm. of, of, of w- what kind of people have a voice. So Cabaret always remains a show that is very potent and important to revisit, mm-hmm. but it does need to be reconsidered every time you do it. Yeah, sure. uh, you know, it, it's so funny. I never yeah. really just sat to, sat with that, that thought of the original Broadway show in 1966, how that was not too long after World War II, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and mm-hmm. about the the audience's personal relationship. Yeah. I've I never thought about it either. Never even considered and, that. And that, how scary it is where we are today, as you point out, you know, with the, you know, with the rise of this white nationalism that we've seen. Uh, people have got to be sitting there scratching their heads and wondering how did we get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Michael, as you as you revisited it, how has the the script for Cabaret changed over the years that you were making uh, that you were living well, to? One substantial thing, I think, is that in the 1966 production, uh, certainly the role of Cliff, which is the the standing character for Christopher Isherwood, as portrayed by Burke Comby. And, of course, we know, you know, Burke Comby from Match Game. And and, he was a big Broadway star Mm -hmm. then. But they were a little reluctant to specify that Cliff is a gay, Cliff is a gay man. Cliff is a bisexual man. Um, Certainly Christopher Isherwood was a gay man. And that was a a component of the show that was really not particularly explored. Once Bob Fosse made the film version, and of course how Prince uh, very much visioned the original production, and Bob Fosse very much rethought it from soup to nuts. I don't in some ways even know that you could call the movie version of Cabaret really a film of the Broadway musical. It is an adaptation or an interpretation of it very much through the eyes of Bob Fosse. But even just a few years later, the difference between 1966 and 1972 and what Bob Fosse chose to put on and very distinctively with the casting of Michael York declare that Cliff at least is a bisexual character was very seismic. Mm. So when Hal Prince revived the show on Broadway in 1987, now with uh, Greg Edelman playing Cliff, how Prince almost was compelled to acknowledge that the audience familiar with Bob Fosse's film needed, they, they were prepared and assuming that Cliff is a gay character. And so there were, uh, that's where the beginnings of changes within the script happened, hmm. where, where it was very clearly identified that Cliff was gay. Songs were rewritten, uh, focuses were changed, and that is where I think with Cabaret, the journey really seriously began in terms of reconsideration, mm-hmm. that what, what many of us know, um, there may be a lot of people's first introduction was the Sam Mendes version with Alan Cumming, um, that they think that that's what Cabaret is, but that is not only what Cabaret is. It's, it's much richer than just where eventually uh, uh, Sam Mendes ended up with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you bring up the the Fosse film because it's so because it definitely is 
as you were saying, an adaptation of Cabaret, because it is a Fosse film, but Fosse did not mm-hmm. choreograph the original Broadway show. So, so I always think it's very interesting that when mm-hmm. people do this, they're like, oh, no, this is a Fosse show. Like, no, it's not. Actually, it was Ron Field who choreographed yeah. it. You know, but uh, yeah. but I love the way that it, it to the, the best thing about uh, classic pieces of theater this is now like this is part of like musical theater canon where it is something that is a living breathing thing where you're able to go in and re-examine and give new life josh you are tackling the 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 big role of the of the mc um which of course which of course you know we have these uh, like you have these iconic things of Joel Grey, who was mm-hmm. both like in the in the original Broadway show and then in the movie mm-hmm. and then you, as you were saying you had um, oh poop his name just went right out of my head my Cummings Alan Cummings, Alan Cummings. you just have that Cummings. that you know in cooking around in your brain how was it how how has it been with this you know as you uh, tackle this iconic role. Um, what was interesting that Michael and I uh, talked about at the very beginning was we both had this, uh, we heard of this story. And once we, you know, we, we started talking about, it, we're like, you know this story? I know this story. And what it was, was that how both Hal Prince and uh, Joel Gray in interviews uh, talked about um, how the idea of the MC came about. And so... Um, when they, when, uh, how Prince was in Germany during the war, um, he went to this like seedy little cabaret and like this basement and he saw this character Mm. and this character, you know, and, and it was this character based on the MC and this character was a little person. And so he had this idea of like, Oh my gosh! This like this guy, this original MC that I saw, that I based on, you know, the MC that Joel Gray played was actually a little person, and me myself being a little person um, has a you know different perspective than Joel Gray and Alan Cumming does. Yeah, and I and I feel like it's also for me being in this world. You know, and being different and and getting the looks and getting the stares and getting the comments always in my life, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a perspective that no one else does I'm sure. in this yeah. in this role. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, with with cabaret, cabaret the space of cabaret was a place where you could come and you could be yourself and you are wanted and you are, you know, and you were looked upon as, you know, a light instead of, you know, a dark minority of mm-hmm. some sort. Mm-hmm. And and so I I feel like that perspective has really I taking that perspective oh. and putting that into the MC has really helped me. Well, it's an incredibly personal perspective and I can only imagine how it adds to your performance of I, I can't tell the both of you guys what what and um, this this performance that Josh is giving, and he's he's incredibly modest, is astonishing. Mm. From the minute he walks on the stage, 
and the audience looks at Josh Walker as the MC, they know they have never seen a performance that they're about to see for the next two hours because nobody. This is the thing going back to that the, the you know how Prince being reluctant to put a gay leading character as Christopher Isherwood, he was also reluctant in 1966 to fully put on stage what he, what was his inspiration, mm-hmm. which was that it was a little person mm-hmm. who was the MC, not anything else. It was specifically that. So I think that audiences that are seeing this production of Cabaret are for the first time in the history of the show seeing the inspiration that Hal Prince, that no production has ever put on stage. You're seeing exactly what the creators wanted you to see, but the times and audiences, you know, accept acceptance of certain, you know, uh, uh, components of life just were not there back then. Mm -hmm. We were able to not only put um, somebody like Josh, an artist of his caliber, in a role that should have been played by a little person and has yet to be played by a little person, but also putting an incredibly diverse cast on stage and show you that in Germany at this time, it was not all white people. Right. There were people from all over the world who were who were scrambling to get to Europe. We know about Josephine Baker and mm-hmm. Paul Robeson, these incredible artists in America who were black, but who could not do anything except play butlers and servants in Hollywood movies. And so they would go to Europe where they could be their, their full living selves and as artists. So that's another component in addition to Josh that that we're really incorporating into this show. Um, Just the whole beautiful spectrum of of body shapes and sizes and and diversity of races and a diversity of just uh, identification in this show. And this isn't this is it not being historically accurate. What what it is is that it is never it has been not documented. When the Nazis came in, they scrubbed all of this history. Yep. They did not want people to know that there were thriving, incredible artists who were not the white master race. And so the photos, the history was all scrubbed. There's an incredible book that is that came out a few years ago called Voluptuous Panic, which is a study and a documentation of of the uh, the sociology uh, and with photos of in, an enormous cachet of photos of what Berlin was like, what what this queer culture was looked like, what our ancestors looked like in. 1929. And that is who we've been really encouraging this company of cabaret to be playing. You're playing your ancestors. The main question in cabaret is the song, what would you do? If you were presented with this scenario, what would you do? And here we are in 2023, Mm -hmm. about to go into an election year, which can enormously change the course of history of our country. And we're being asked again, what Mm -hmm. would you do? Because we're here again. Oh my God, I've got goosebumps This sounds like the most honest uh, production of this, of this, uh, of Cabaret that it's ever been done. 
Pardon me? It sounds like the most honest production of cabaret that's ever been produced and done. Well, we're trying we're trying to be honest and we're also trying to challenge ourselves. I mean, one of the things um, our version, our cliff is is an incredible Chicago actor named Gilbert Zamali. And Gilbert is a black actor. And when you have a black Cliff Bradshaw, you are now you on the face of it, when that actor walks on stage, you're looking at a black Cliff Bradshaw in 1929 uh, uh, Weimar Germany, mm-hmm. um, just on the brink of the rise of the Nazis. Now, yeah. we think about at that time, you know, what, what, was, a, what was an occasion in which you, you saw the Nazi party interacting with a black person. We think of Jesse Owens immediately. That was in 1936, so mm-hmm. that's a few years later. But the degree to which Jesse Owens at that, at that Olympics continually bested all of those white Aryan mm-hmm. German athletes drove Adolf Hitler insane yeah. Yeah. to think that anybody other than the master race was going to be the... the so... This is where it's a little bit earlier. The, the, the Nazis, as we know them, have not developed. This is the brink before right. it really kicked in. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Germans were more, the, the Nazis, I should say, were more concerned and interested in what they, were, what they called the Jewish problem. They were not really expanding out beyond that at this time. Also, um, there were many early, uh, um, early on in the development of the Nazi Party. Many of the people that were, in some ways, attracted to it or part of it were gay people. So there is because there was a grouping, because there was a "we want you here." Here is a here is a group, and it was before it developed into the colossal evil grouping that it was. It was just. Again, one more of many groups, whether they were the communists, whether they were anybody else that was developing that said, hey, here's a place for you. Yeah. So there is some interesting history there yeah. in yeah. terms of those those gay people who flirted with this particular group before it became clear to them who and what they were. Sure. Right. And that is a little bit of what we touch on in this production. We don't go there too much. There isn't just the time for it. But we, in terms of your mentioning of trying to be honest, we are trying to explore the very complicated nuance of what happens when the as something is in evolution mm-hmm. and before it really kicks in and becomes something, when you have that moment of the in-between, when you can ask the question, what would you do? Would you stay or would you walk away? Yeah. Mm. And it, it, it's just so fascinating, that 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 fact about the LGBT, yeah. like gay folks flirting with, with Nazism. It kind of brings to mind the, you know, the Southern strategy here uh, that was here in the United States about, you know, when they're going after uh, Southern uh, Southern people who are like, hey, you're you're poor and white, but you're you're not black. You know, it's a place for to belong, and and the cabaret within the musical cabaret is uh, kind of a metaphor for a what's going on, uh, what's going on in the world, but it also kind of becomes a. Pl- 
almost like a uh, 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 like a, a, a narcotic, you know, a, a deadening a little bit. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, Josh, can you explain a little bit about like? Because you know the the MC is again is is an iconic role, but it's the way that the show is structured. The the actual performances within the cabaret are meant to do. So each each number has a specific thing that it that it does. Can you talk about how uh, your journey through the cabaret act in cabaret? Sure. Yeah, so uh, the way that it's, you know, it's based on a play, I Am a Camera. And so, and then when Hal Prince took the, you know, wanted to turn this into a musical as Cabaret, then he structured it where, you know, it's very similar, like the uh, Sally and Cliff themes are very similar to the, um, to the play. But um, then they wanted to take this cabaret as a structure and place songs in between. And each song basically comments on what the, what the, you know, what happens in the scene. Um, And so there, you know, there's a song about two ladies and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, about not being in, you know, a strict, you know, two person relationship. And it's 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 about being you know um, free as a sexual human being, and you know being able to you know explore and express your love for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song. One of my favorite songs is called "If You Could See Her Through, Through My, my Eyes. Eyes." Yep, and that song Oof. you know really hits home yeah. to me. Yeah. Because it's basically how people judge people from the outside and they don't really see, you know, what's in the inside that counts. They don't see the human, you know, they only see the person as a, you know, physical Mm -hmm. body and they see something different there Mm. And and, and they judge that. But they don't really know who that human actually is. Yeah, and, and, and the way that you know, song it, ends, uh, uh, Cabaret is one of my favorite shows on the planet. So, and I'm sorry, I'm very excited, and I love the way that it, and the way that it ends. It's like, oh, oh, like gut punch. It's mm. it's. I y'all, I am so excited. I am so very excited about this. It sounds like it's going to be like a, a, a riveting production. Yeah, it really does. I know mm-hmm. uh, you know you are you're in previews right now and you're still working. Uh, one of the best things because I know it's, it's come up a couple of times. Michael Weber, you all part of the Porchlight Revisit series. You're going to be doing uh, uh, I am a camera during the run of this. Right. How that yeah. is a brilliant that is just a br- like a stroke of genius to to show the the source material in in like companion with with cabaret love it we, the last time we did that was when we did uh merrily we roll along and we also then accompanied that show with the 1933 play that is you know rarely have ever produced so this was just another occasion to say that I Am a Camera has, it's never been revived on Broadway. It was a huge hit when it first came out. Julie Harris 
was the original Sally Bowles. She won her first of five Tony Awards, creating the role of Sally Bowles. And then she was in the film version of I Am a Camera as well. Um, but the play itself has not been seen. And in many ways, I think that the play is much closer to Bob Fawcett's movie. Mm. Because Bob Fawcett brought back a couple of characters that were in the play, but that were not, or variations of those characters, in his film version that are not in the musical. So you get to see Sally's mother. You get to see um, this other couple, which in the film version was played by Shelley Winters and uh, uh, that is, uh, you know, this sort of Jewish-German relationship, but it's a much younger couple than Schultz and Schneider, mm-hmm. which is what it ended up being in the play, in the musical. So it is a really, uh, I mean, for those of you who like cabaret um, and you want to take a little deeper dive, this the Porchlight Revisit series, it's sort of Chicago's version of uh, like city center encores. Yeah. We do rarely see musicals that are that are really that are rarely revived, but in a, a short run. Earlier this season, we just did the Apple Tree, and sometimes we'll do a play because if if the play is in relation to the film uh, or into the musical that we're doing. So in this particular case, you've got three performances or two performances to be able to see I'm a camera, but it, it will be well worth your time, especially if you are going to see Cabaret to go back and be able to see what is the material, where did it start mm-hmm. and how did how Prince develop it from the play into a musical. See, and this is why I love Porchlight Music Theater yes. so very much. It's, it's not only just incredible performances, but a really thoughtfully uh, curated season and here's more information that will will help you move forward uh, that'll just enrich it enriches your experience for both uh, cabaret uh, and and for I am a camera um, I we are both so ding dong excited uh, about coming to see the show this week cabaret is now playing through uh, February 12th at the Ruth Page Center for the Arts for tickets go to porchlight music theater.org and that's theater with an re because they're fancy damn it uh, so it's musical theme music, Porchlight Music Theater. Um, good break leg, break all of the legs uh, this week. I know previews is always an exciting time. The audiences are coming in. You're tweaking some moments and, and fine tuning everything. Um, Josh, I cannot wait to see your your performance. You are you wore so many hats: actor, yeah. music director, composer. I was lyricist. excited before the interview. I know. Now, now I'm, I'm like really, really. When can't will wait Thursday to see it. be here? So, uh, Michael Weber, Josh Walker, thank you so much for joining us. I will be bringing a pineapple for you. <laughs> thank you. We'll thank see you soon. Thank you so much for having us. Thank pleasure. you. Uh, break we are, legs. Break all the legs. If you come and be avenue, There we are. All right. Uh, we've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, there's more on Chicago right after this. So stick around. I'm Amanda Civitello with Creating Iris. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Tuff here along with Ellen. Ah, yes. Along. Look, we were talking artsy-fartsy stuff. I'm so excited about... 
cabaret. I, I, I am, music I am too. I, I mean, I knew about it, but I know so much more, obviously, after interviewing Josh and, and Michael. And oh my God, I cannot wait. It is. Yeah, I cannot wait. Thursday night, exciting. opening night. I know. We'll be there for opening night, but it runs through February 12th. Probably will extend. I'm All of their shows are fantastic. So mm-hmm. don't miss mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of artsy fartsy stuff, this Tuesday, odd night, yeah, was the Golden Globes yes. this last Tuesday. Yes, it was. Uh, and it, well, I thought it was. A, I watched it really late. I'm, I'm, not I, I'm texting Scott. He was at work, and I'm, I'm like, like I'm "Are you watching this?" I'm not. I'm not. But I will when I get home. I know. So, I, so thank goodness for recording devices yes. of all kinds and everything. Uh, I know the host Gerard Carmichael was a little controversial for folks out there. Um, I know you had never even really well, heard, of heard of him. I'd never heard of yeah. him. And I was like, let's give this young, uh, gay, uh, African-American young man a chance. His opening monologue went long, and he was very uh, honest and frank about, uh, he said, the reason Did that, it go long? Yeah, he said it went long. He said it, I'm going oh, okay. long. He, he said it was oh, long. Okay. That's how I knew. Oh, I would right. never I have known like, it. I know I've gone long on this, but I think he said the reason I'm here is because I'm black. That, and was I'm, the, that was the the first thing that he said yeah, when he um, came out uh, because it, it, and I like the honesty and I thought well you know they did have as we know the, uh, the form, well let's hold on and give yeah, you a little context, yeah, context just a little bit of context so the Hollywood Foreign Form Press, Press has there has been a, who is behind the Golden Globes they're the ones who put it on yep. uh, they were have been under harsh criticism and much deserved criticism uh, for not having any black members at all they had zero they had zero the 79th uh, awards. There were zero. Uh, the awards last year were kind of weird, if I'm remembering. And not televised. They Yeah. What was the one where they were like going back and that was a couple, two years two ago. Two years ago. During COVID. Wait, was it? Oh, I'm just, in 20. In 21. Because mm-hmm. there weren't any in 22. Right. There we are. So the 21s, I know they were back and forth between uh, uh, the Beverly Wilshire Hotel and a place in New York going back and forth. And Amy Poehler and uh, Tina Fey hosted. And they were making comments about the, the lack of diversity then. Then it became very, very apparent. Um, they weren't televised last year uh, because of the the scandals that have mm-hmm, been going on. Mm-hmm. And Gerard Carmichael, uh, the first thing that he said as he walked out was, <laughs> like, I'm only here because I am black. And there, I believe, is truth in that. Mm-hmm, you know, um, mm-hmm. as you said, you had never heard of Gerard Carmichael. I he just kind of emerged onto the scene uh, with an HBO special that came out last year, um, in which he came out and it was very like groundbreaking and and people just they loved it. Critical darling. Yeah, I heard it was and very well received. In fact, actually, Gerard Carmichael was just in town here in Chicago this fall, performing at, at Steppenwolf. Yes. Um, and doing a putting on a. a Working out some material, as it were. Well, that sounds more unfinished than it is. You know, when, okay. when when you know Hannah Gadsby comes through, when she's working on getting ready to film a special. You know, she came in the the sequel to Nanette. Was, right. I think George. George, I forget the name. But when she came, she was still like, this is a work in progress. This is still she's trying things out and doing everything. Right. Um, So that happens. 
I know because the people who went to the audience right. were uh, a little disappointed. And they had to check their it. phones at the, at the... You check your phones in because, like, again... They don't want anything to leak out and be... And I can't blame them, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. If you are... if Look, if you are a comic... Unless you are on late night television, where you come, where you have a team of writers, and you come up with a new five minutes every night, right? Comics don't do that. They spend a, a right. very their long time. Very their materials, they and like they will do the jokes. Precious to them, and yeah. I understand and you that. can't can't leak that out. So, um, but they said that he was a little lackluster. Yes, uh, with this. reviews were not great from them. From what I, I believe, that's just kind of his style. He is yeah, more of a laid-back, yeah. Because it was not the sort of energy that you would think. No. To begin a, an awards show, which should be like it's just fun and celebratory and light. Uh, he made it very real right off the bat. He held uh, their 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 feet to the fire, as it were. Um, and I don't know. I think I think the opening monologue. While not hilarious, it wasn't even necessarily like all that funny. But I thought it was. I thought it was a interesting opening. His performance went downhill from there, in my opinion. I know you did not. I enjoyed his costume changes. His costumes were great. The opening monologue, I didn't have a, a problem with because I understand. But you know, when he made when he came out, as I told Scott, the, towards the end, he said, oh, "They want me to say this. This uh, the show is is uh, coming to you from the." Beverly uh, Wilshire Hilton Hotel, the hotel that killed Whitney Houston, he yeah. followed up with. And, you know, nobody laughed. You heard a couple of oohs and uh. I don't think there's a place for that, especially when you're mentioning uh, the sponsor hotel and why bring that up. I mean, it, it, it wasn't funny. It, yeah. there's no, it, look, yeah, it wasn't funny. If it's not funny and it's not groundbreaking, it, it doesn't need to be there. And, and and to me, I was like, okay, now you, I didn't love you during this whole show, and now I really don't like you from that comment. And I, well, that's, I think that's, that's just, also your, your being, um, I, your I think years it was in, mean in to sales. say that. Well, it was my years in sales. Years in sales you know, you come up. out with a sponsor. I had a guy once, I had this, my first count, my first, very first account ever. It was about a, a used car. He'd come up with, because computers were new, it was called CompuCar. And this new DJ we had came out and said, so if you're looking to buy a lemon or sell a lemon, and I went running in and be oh. like, no, 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 Well, he no, was no. fired a few weeks later. Okay, there <laughs> but, you go. But, you know, yes, I am sensitive about that, but I don't think it's funny to make fun of Whitney Houston dying no, at the hotel. I don't, I don't, I, no, I'm with you, you 100% know. on that. And, and so I, I thought it was tasteless. And, uh, you know, these award shows are hard for people anyway. I thought the, the show itself was was. You know, I loved who won for the most part. You know, I, I saw most of the performances. I am so happy that everything, everywhere, all at once, Michelle Yeoh and... Oh, I was uh, so happy she yeah. won. And her, I can't pronounce it, her, the man that played her husband in, in the movie yes, 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 also yes. won. Uh, he was in uh, yeah, Kiwi Kwan. Kiwi Kwan. Yeah, and and he was he worked with uh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg <laughs> as a boy, mo- yeah. which I didn't know until he talked oh, about didn't? it. No, <gasps> I didn't know. Yes, that. he was short round, and then he was Data in the yeah. Goonies. Yeah. He did two George. Uh, and now, uh, the, now uh, he is Steven all these Spielberg years things. later, and he finally, you know, has, has won this this great award. So, uh, did you finally want? Oh yeah, you did. I you did watch it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we talked about that. Okay, uh, <laughs> but I thought it was like I thought the the. Uh, I thought the show itself was great. I really, 
<sighs> you know, you know, I have a very weird relationship with Ryan Murphy. Yes. I love that Ryan Murphy exists. Yes. I think he's great. What a body and, of work he's and, come up with, yeah. really. My problem with his body of work is that sometimes it just poops out. Like, he never finishes things. It doesn't finish strongly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I kinda love like it. the bears. Kind of. <laughs> I, I will take your word on that. <laughs> but I, I'm like, I'm so happy that he exists. And I thought his yeah. speech, because he received the uh, Carol Burnett. Carol, Carol Burnett Award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the, yeah, the Carol Burnett Award. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I love that he took a moment to everybody like, Stop clapping. We needed. We did not get. Uh, uh, last year, the show was not televised, yes. and MJ Rodriguez was the first trans woman to win Best Actress category. And everybody gave her the standing ovation that you that was really were cool. going to give her. That I thought was amazing, was. just amazing. And and the fact that Billy Porter was up there to give him uh, to present him with the award, uh, somebody who a very emotional, a very emotional. Well, well, yeah. he began Billy Porter, who you know worked on Pose. Yeah. I, I believe he's an Emmy nominee winner for that. Yeah, I don't I know if he so. won the yes, Golden Globe. I'm not sure. Emmy, yeah. but, um, but for him to say, hi, this man is the reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Because he gave people like me a chance. Yes. He gave, he was a he's a big New York, you know, he was a big star in New York. He won the Tony Award for Kinky Boots. Um and then when he came to LA, he's like he didn't know anybody, nothing happened and he he is a queer black man, an unapologetically queer black man. Mm-hmm. Um who I think, who I just want to go out to Love lunch with. Love his costumes. His, his outfits. outfits. They're, they're not costumes. Well, Those it are, looks like a costume. It's a so. No, that is, it's gorgeous. Uh, he's, he's always on the, the cutting edge when it comes to the right carpet looks. No one, no one, no one can touch him when it comes to fashion. Yeah. <laughs> There's just yeah. no way. And, and hats off to uh, 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 Christian. Oh, why, why am I? All the names are like Project Runway. Christian. Christian. Oh, yeah, him. Siriano. I can picture his face. He's the one who designed it. He designed that. But Christian Siriano is also one who, like, when uh, Leslie Jones was up, was going to a war, nobody would make her a dress. And she's like, Mm. he's like, I'll make you a dress. You know, he just, like, swoops in and does all these good things. But Billy Porter, he gave a really moving speech as he was presenting it, but in terms of how... I didn't know anybody. And then Ryan Murphy came along because he believed in giving voices, giving allowing people to have their voice heard. And when Brian Murphy got up there after he gave that lovely gesture to, you know, MJ Rodriguez right. just to stand up and gave the standing ovation, he walked through everybody that he has worked with. Yeah. And to be like, this person's from a small town in Georgia or where like he just went through and be like, but he is gay and could not get work and bubble like he Ryan Murphy is always the champion of of the underdog yes, yes. when it comes to to to, ta- to talent that Hollywood passes over or deems unworthy because they're too fill in the blank too black too gay right. too trans yeah. too queer too mm-hmm. too uh, autistic too whatever too butch too yeah. too whatever yeah. it is mm-hmm. uh, and and he will always give. Uh, uh, opportunities to, to people that. on the outside. Yeah, can't deny that. Exactly. Like I, I love American Horror Story. 
I love mm-hmm. all of those trilogies, and from the from the get go, from the season, from the first season. I mean, Jessica Lange owes Ryan Murphy a huge debt of gratitude because she had kind of almost been forgotten, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and she's Jessica Lange of all, all people, she's wonderful actor, and she's and she's great in you know in that first season, especially that first season of American Horror Story, Murder House. It is remarkable, but in there you have. Um, a, 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 a an actor with Down syndrome. You have uh, Jessica Lange, who might have been going off onto mm-hmm. a different uh, path. It was kind of being forgotten, doing some of the best work of her life, having a ball every second. You have uh, true sexuality being popped up there, and a very fluid sexuality that's presented in a very unique and kind of creepy way. Like it. He does his he's he really is a visionary when it comes to uh, putting queer folks at the center of the narrative. Uh, and for that, I really appreciate him. That was a very long ramble. We should probably take a break okay, so I can ramble about more because we can talk about winners and poorly. I know. Person. Talk about that, too. We yeah. We're going to take a quick a break. And when we get back, it is the final thrilling show stopping moments of out Chicago right here on WCPT. Welcome back. I'm Paul Oakley Stovall. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Tapir along with Ellen Miller. Rolling along. Yes, Still basking in the glow. I'm, look, I love the Golden Globes. I'm so... Yeah, they're, I'm, they're people, it's some people's favorite, you know, award show up until oh, a few years ago and people were getting, you know, saw what was going on with them, but... Always my favorite award yeah, show. Yeah, mine too. We love it. We because love everyone's Globes. just there. And then how many people I said, did you watch the Golden Globes? I'm like, no. You know, it used to be like a big must-watch TV. And I know. Being on a Tuesday, I think they were kind of soft, re- I think, re- mm-hmm. bringing it on back. On the nosy, mm-hmm. on the nosy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that Jennifer Coolidge won. What a character. She's just a goofball. She is a goofball, but you can't take your eyes off listening to, uh, watching her, listening to her. I know. It's always just a little... <laughs> Just a little. But Nobody came out liked to present. me, but now I'm invited to everything. I know. They, I'm not going. They, they don't like me. They don't like yeah. me, but they do now. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> I think she's great. I love her very, very much. And, uh, and as we alluded to, uh, sadly, that was the last time most of us saw Lisa Marie you know, Presley alive. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm watching the awards. I turned to Kathy, you know, because they, when the young man won for Elvis, I can't remember his name, um, but anyway, they kept, you know, the cameras went to Lisa Marie and her mother, and I was like, oh, she does not look good. Oh, it didn't, Jerry didn't know it was her. I, I said, Kathy, which one's mom, and which one's, I said, the, she does not look good, and yeah. two days later, uh, she, she was gone. gone. It, it, was, it was just astounding. She, I mean, talk about like somebody who did not have an easy life. Like here, no. people think that you know, fame is, you know, equals happiness. To grow no. up the the only child of Elvis Presley, that to lose your dad. At, she was what nine nine, nine years old. Yeah. You yeah. know, lose your dad, and your dad is Elvis. Yeah. And you know, an only t- child and a daughter. You know, he was she was the apple of his eye, yeah. from what you know, all of the indications. That, and, and then you know, she's had a you know, always under the spotlight, getting married to Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson Nicholas Cage for us for a cup of coffee. She married, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he, 
It's sad. It's like Michael Jackson. You know, these people that you think are, wow, you're so lucky. You're, chi- you're in the spotlight from day one. You know, you're, you're famous. Yeah. You're rich. Yeah. Look at Prince Harry. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't Did mean- you see Prince Harry on Colbert this week? I sure did. Oh, 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 girl. I was like, are we watching the beginning of the end of the monarchy? That's, I think, his, his, I think that's what he's out to do. It's amazing how some people are like, he shouldn't be telling those stories about the family. And I'm like, you know what? The family is dysfunctional and harmful. And he lost his mother because of the way the monarchy is treated by the press. And his wife, he almost lost, you know, to the same kind of trappings. I don't blame him, but other people don't feel that way. But it has broken every single record for, for book sales. Oh, I bet. You know, I bet, I bet. For the first day. Um, I, I, I had empathy for him. Oh, so do I. So you know, do I. I and think I think he's believable. I think to me, it seems like somebody who is realizing their station, their their privilege mm-hmm. in, in the world, and being like, oh, this is messed up. Yeah. The, 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 this but is you're not supposed you're... to. But, you know, over the centuries and the decades, you're not supposed to talk about that. And some people still believe you shouldn't. But I'm like, he's talking about being in therapy. You know, he he's trying to be a better person and, and make the monarchy more real and more honest. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. You know, I don't know. I thought it was very. I thought he was good. Now, I don't I didn't need to hear about his frostbitten penis. No, that but, part yeah. was a little odd. They really dwelled on that a little bit. Um, and I guess in the book, he talks about this creamy uh, Elizabeth Arden cream that he put on it that his mother used oh, to wow. wear. OK, well, there and I, I was like, OK, you went to a very different dark pla- different place that I thought you would ever go to. They talked about it on Colbert. Well, too. The, but they didn't talk about the, the cream. No, but that's been all over. That was that's been all over the cream. The cream has been all over. I thought that I was a little where to go. That was that TMI. That was TMI. Yeah. yeah I want to yeah, hear yeah. about the monarchy. I don't need to hear about the frostbitten. Ding dong. Ding dong. There we go. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But that, that's a quick That's aside. entertainment. That's entertainment. But just going back to entertainment real quick. Uh, I'm so happy that Abbott Elementary got I am too. We props. love that show. Quinta Brunson. I just She's a gift. adore her. I do too. Uh, I want to get to know her. Adore her. <laughs> I want to hang course, out with her. She won for uh, Best Actress uh, in a TV musical or comedy. Abbott Elementary won for Best TV series, musical yeah. comedy. If you have not watched it, get, get, just tune in. It's, it's one so of the great. very few network it is. shows that are worth watching. Yeah, it's it's one of the. It, they have figured out how to get around the constraints of being on network television and to produce something that is uh, thoughtful, provocative, hilarious. Hilarious. And we had one of the actors and on so with us kind. when he was at Steppenwolf uh, last year, a year or two ago. Yeah, I was off. I guess that oh. week when I know with, with King James. Yeah, yeah, I was off. That oh, I'm week. sorry. You oh. always do that. <laughs> I forgot you were off that week. I was off that week. But yeah, no, he, I was. I did not forget. So we had one of the stars of Abbott Elementary on there we the show. Go, you know, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, just like we were supposed to have Diabetti on today yeah, from well. season fourteen. Anyway, Sorry. Mm-hmm. We had a nice show without her. There we are. Um, and also, uh, uh. I haven't seen it. Jerry saw it. 
but the the Banshees of Inisherin. I haven't seen it yet. Won a ton of awards. People, I think it's going to run away with a lot yep. of Oscars. Jerry and I. People, all the actors it. in the community. I saw on Facebook a couple weeks ago when it first premiered on HBO. People were gaga for it. My yeah. friend Kate Buttecki was like, "This is that you know." Like it's so good. Crazy for it. Yeah, the acting is incredible. The direction. It's another. Incredible. It's like a dark comedy, right? I guess it's, it's Martin McDonough who is he's uh, he's 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 a twisted <laughs> he's a very dark mind. Yeah. It's a good Irish sensibility. Oh, like yes. it's dark and funny but dark. Very very dark. We're going to watch it. It's all on the docket coming up cuz mm-hmm. SAG mm-hmm. Awards are in the next uh awards thing happening. Was there anybody that you were happy that had won? Well, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge, of well, course. I was happy um I was happy that White Lotus won. That Michael White won for mm-hmm. White Lotus because we love that show, and Abbott. And Mo- no, the, I mean I was Angela Bassett. I didn't see her in the performance, but I was happy she won. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, there was the competition was stiff. I mean, I'm I'm looking at all these actors and I'm like, God, any one of them, they're deserving. I, you know? I need you to go back and rewatch everything, everywhere, all at once, in a different state of mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I will maybe I will do that because to me it, I I hope that wins all the prizes. I really do. It, could. it was just so good, and to see Jamie Lee Curtis over there. Just I love like, Jamie Lee. Oh, she's got COVID. She got it at the uh, Golden Globes. We heard. Oh, she did. Yeah, I was out oh, yesterday. Well, there we are. You know, and there we go. And <laughs> the gift I'm, that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving, and I'm going to get it from uh, eating pizza and bowling at the same time. So yes, there I we hope go. not. I will. There we are. Fingers crossed. But hey, listen. Uh, that brings us to the end of uh, this week's show. I want to uh, remind everybody to go check out Cabaret at Porchlight Music Theater. Uh, thank you to Michael Weber, and uh, who's the artistic director and director of Cabaret, and actor Josh Walker for joining us. Devin, thank you so much uh, for all you do. Tune into the Sports Cubicle tonight at 9. Paul, thanks. Uh, there we are. Ellen Miller, thank, thank you. you. Can't wait for another double date uh, night this either. week. Thursday night. There we are. Um, and um, and Scott happy to, Martin Luther King happy Day. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Be kind. Be mindful. Yes. And I'm Scott Duff. And until next week, stay, stay proud. proud.